Welcome into TFW Live. It's the best kept secret in fantasy football where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 304, a 12 team PPR mock draft on Mock Draft Monday with Derek Brown from the Fantasy Pros. We are excited to get mocking with him. But first, Support for TFW Live is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. This thing is amazing. It's silent. It's waterproof. It is everything you need to get your... uh, you know, to get the bush handled that's down there, boys, let's not sugarcoat it here. Take care of it, okay? You need to take care of it, just like you take care of that fantasy team all year long. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN. That's T-F-W-M-A-N at manscaped.com. 6 million men worldwide, if my math correct, that's about 12 million balls. So get with the program and help out here. Uh, I'm Big Travi. I'm joined here, as always, by one of my best friends, Johnny Gametime Hicks. A big welcome to Whisper Nation, everybody in the chat. Uh, a big, big, big welcome back yeah, to, yeah. to you. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, back from the expo this weekend. Let's it was go. a blast. We'll get to talking about that a little bit later, of course, as well. We've got to give some gratitude to our members on the YouTube who support through a monthly subscription. Bailey Ziegler, Kevin Davey, Nick, Brett Zabo, John Credit, Eric Lorenzen, Donnie Tubbs, Jersey Jay, Hannibal, and my dad, Don Caples, holding it down. Appreciate you, Dad. Shout out as well to our patrons. They support the show throughout. We've got big updates to the Patreon coming this month, so stay tuned. And if you want to join that growing list of YouTube members, help support the show, click join next to the video right now. And as always, we love to recognize those newest members of Whisper Nation who support the show or follow us on social media. We've got a big list from the expo, so bear with me here. Herms, John McGlynn, Matt Thompson, Tampa Bay 838, Sean Morelio, Sean Carter 8688, iFlores215, Ryan underscore Holt underscore zero, Zeke Rye Donahue, Dave M. Kluge, got a shout out to our boy Kluge, yeah. King Carne. Brooklyn Silver, I am Superfax, Swexty WGB, Iron Never Lies, Eric Froton, Kelly Singh, uh, Bob Lung, Juggers, Jim Coventry, Chris Robin, Tommy Harvey, Dow- Devon Alston, Jeff, son of Mr. Ratman Crisco, <laughs> Drew DeLuca, Joe Shuey, Josh Fuster, Master IDP, Will, Nick Constantino, Pat Fitzmorris, Fighting Chance Steve, The Catch Fantasy Football, Drew, Eric Freehand, Troy for Hire, Tanish Salva, Mad Jester and Ty, Chuck Bass, and Chris Howard. And I'm sure there's plenty more that we missed, but this has been an awesome weekend for us. And if you want to be part of an awesome community where you know you belong, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're just trying to get one more subscriber, one more on this stream. Could be you. Let us know where you're streaming from. If you're new, we'd love to shout you out. And as I said above, today's episode, we're joined by a very special guest. We've got the lead or one of the lead fan- fantasy analysts over on Fantasy Pros, Derek Brown, a.k.a. D-Bro, a.k.a. the king of bros. You know him as a Jalen Tolbert and Tristan Ebner truther. Whisper Nation, please welcome in Derek Brown. What's going on, D-Bro? <laughs> Let's go. That is a wonderful, wonderful yes. intro. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take both of those monikers. Yeah, uh, well, Tolbert's been I'm, a love since Senior Bowl, and I'm not stopping now, baby. Yes, let's, let's go. do it, D-Bro. Tolbert to the moon. 
I'm well, we appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we are Shoot, excited man. to get appreciate to know you all for having me. Shit. Yeah, of course, man. We wanted you on the marathon. Didn't work out, but we'll get you next year. We got you now. So what the hell? Now it's even even better. We won't be yeah. deprived of sleep. We might be actually yeah. a little bit on here, so we'll be ready for you. <laughs> uh, we want to get to know you a little bit le- better. Let Whisper Nation get to know you a little bit better. So we'll start off with some rapid fire questions. Uh, what year did you start playing fantasy football? Oh, um, that's a really good question. I don't remember the exact year because years run together and I'm not exactly young yeah. anymore. <laughs> but I do remember a fatal flaw in my fantasy attack that year, and it will go down in infamy. I still Ooh. get shit about it to this day in this league um, with some friends and buddies from college. The year that I got into fantasy, um, my brother-in-law got me into, a, a again, a league with some buddies and stuff like that, a bunch of guys we knew from college and high school and stuff like that, and... and I remember drafting Doug Martin uh, towards the end of my draft. Oh, my boy, happened Dougie. to be the muscle, uh, hamster. muscle hamsters yep. uh, rookie season. So I remember this very, very uh, clearly uh, because I ended up trading him for somebody I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> I think it was maybe like Justin Hunter or some kind of scrub uh, and then got to watch him go off uh, on the second half of the season so i think that was like 2007 2008 but i I could be off on that that sounds about right if i'm looking at doug martin uh he had the one raiders game that was basically made him who he was Mm -hmm. uh, and then we kept drafting him all the time off of that one game but uh how about rooting for your nfl team or your fantasy team more Debro? oh it's my fantasy team man like I'm a Saints. I'm a Saints. Uh, Homer love the New Orleans Saints. Grew up in Louisiana. Um, it, you know, I'll bleed black and gold to the day I'm dead and cold. But I care about my DFS lineups and I care about my fantasy squads a shit ton more than I care about the Saints. Yeah, makes sense when you got skin in the game. It makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite fantasy football player of all time? Oof. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Oh man, there's two really good names, um, that I love and it's, it's, it's either got to be prime Jimmy Graham. Um, it's a good that, one. Nah, you that know what? Nah, I'm going to go with the goat dude. I'm going to go with the guy that, uh, I, I loved him. I drafted him every single year. Could not get enough. Jamal Charles was my dude. Ooh, oh, I love Jamal would Charles. love that answer. Yeah. yeah. There is nothing better when he breaks off a 60 yard run and you're sitting on the couch. You go, Jamal Charles! To the house. <laughs> like, it was fantastic. Well, it was oh, he great. was electric. His, like, his photo had him in braces, which was so funny. Uh, like, his, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. account. Oh, the st- the stock yeah. photos yeah. That, yeah. that they never update. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Up, like there's probably Devonte Adams <laughs> in stock photo with Green Bay Packers gear on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Do they pull it from his high school yearbook if he's got braces on? That's knows, crazy. Man. Uh, fantasy player that's burned you the most, T bro. Oof. Um, Doug Martin. <laughs> sh- no, honestly, I think it's probably Julio Jones. Only because. Oh yeah. I never. Over the last like three to four years of playing DFS, man, I never get Julio week right. Never could get it right. Mm. Like the one week he'd blow up and you'd win like everything, I would never hit it right. I'd be like, all right, baby, it's Julio week. <laughs> and it wasn't Julio week. I would yeah. sit him and I was like, it's not Julio week. They no way it's Julio week. And it was, it was always Julio, Julio week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's probably the guy that I think off the top of my head has, I've just never been able to get him right, man, mm. ever. 
Well, and he had those years. I mean, Matt Ryan was allergic to throwing him touchdowns. So that was the other part yeah. that was frustrating with Julio. Are you too. back in on him this year, baby? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I am. I am. So that means that probably everybody out there needs to be fading him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, I probably no, still just, won't get yeah. him right, but I, I yeah. am in on him this yeah. year. I've got just, him, uh, I think, wide receiver 47 right now. If that counts as being in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it'll be startable. Uh, how about a favorite live draft memory of all time? Um, one of my favorite live drafts uh, was a few years ago. They had a fantasy football convention down here in DFW uh, that's now defunct. Um, but at the first year they ran that, me and a uh, shout out to my girl, uh, the first lady of fantasy, Casey Kasem, uh, were doing a live draft uh, at a bar in Dallas and we were both about 10 shots in shit i don't even know how many shots in we were (laughs) um and it it was a blast man it was so much fun um i remember getting so pissed off and like hollering and and stuff like they almost kicked me out of the bar because she sniped uh of all people but this is where we were uh she sniped jameson crowder from me uh in the live (laughs) and i was i was so ticked off but you know I was so happy with myself that I, I managed, I paid up, I aggressively drafted Ty Montgomery, and that worked out so well. Um, but tons of fun, man. It was, a, it was a fantastic live draft. That's awesome. Uh, what's a sound that you love? Oof. Um, man, you know what? I should have just... Um, this would have been really good on-air sounder if I would have opened this cider um, on-air <laughs> Yeah. But nothing's better, man. When you uh, you open a cold one after a long day, or it's hot outside, or whatever. Um, I'm not a beer guy, but you pretty much any type of cider, you name it, um, I will drink it. Um, nice. So yeah, that, that's it's a satisfying sound. I'll say that. Yeah. Love it. Favorite swear word? Oh, it's got to be fuck, right? Yeah, yeah I mean right? it's, it's. I mean, you asked popular. me about it. I can't say that on. Uh, I don't know no, if I you can cuss here. Yeah, no, yeah, of you course. Brought it up, we, so we wouldn't I, ask I, you unless we let you do it. It, it is. Fun. Well, I mean, you know, maybe I'm painted into a corner. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all good. No, we're I not, we're this is a safe space, so yeah, it is. Always, we got you. always. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> what are the most leagues you played in at one time, D bro? I guess we should not count best ball for the sickos there. Like, let's count managed leagues here. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to go back and amend the last answer. It's got to be fuckle. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've coined that. That's patented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but moving back to this, I think, uh, so last year was actually the most, uh, managed leagues and I've had to cut down a lot. Um, I think I was in between dynasty redraft, all the things and stuff. I was probably in like 30 plus somewhere on there. Whoa. Um, and I've cut it down a lot. Like I think I'm down to, uh, how many managed leagues? I've got two best ball dynasties. I've got two, one or two, uh, one redraft league. The only redraft league I'm doing this year is Scott Fishbowl. And oh, wow. I've got, uh, I think like five or six other dynasty leagues that I still have. Nice. But I, I cut it way wow. down, man. Like I was just like, that's like the content and bandwidth. Yeah. And, and really I've gotten so much into DFS. Like it's, it's too much between that and shows and all that kind of stuff. It's too much to do every single Sunday. So yeah, you never want to be that guy in a league where you're like, or that girl, like where you're like, you're just not active. Like nobody wants to yeah. be that person, you know, like that yeah. sucks, you know, it yeah. sucks for you. It sucks for the league. It's just not cool. So like out of respect for the leagues, like 
I had to like back out of a lot of leagues that I just loved. Like I was in a bunch of leagues with like friends and cut from college, previous spots that I've written and worked with and stuff like that. And I just had to back out of a man. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I'm kind of being that guy and I just don't want to do that. So, you know, you got to re- give respect Good on you, man. Things. Yeah. Set those Pat, boundaries, man. And then you're not Pat the guy that's like, letting people down for sure. Yeah. Pat oh, just yeah. is just like, oh, whatever. Pat Green is just like, yeah. oh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, Pat, Pat's a psycho, man. Pat, yeah. I love Pat, but yeah, Grain, Grain doesn't like nobody else, dude. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's got so many FFPC leagues. The, the good thing is he's got some co-managers for at least some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's the way you do it. I think if you're gonna play that many, co-manage it, right? Yeah, like, so. get somebody else in there that that can help you out when you when you need it a little bit. Yeah. Um, most exciting fantasy football moment for you? Um, probably it was taking down uh my my family home league which uh folded two years ago but i beat um of all people i beat my my father-in-law in in the the finals and it came down to the wire he was winning and i remember it was this is a few years back but like it was the year that uh des went the hell off in the oh yeah um i think like he, he had like three touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, he threw he threw a touchdown, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. he played the we Eagles on Sunday night. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. we were driving back uh, from actually seeing the in-laws. And I was like, damn it, man. I was I was riding. My, I got my wife because this is shows you the DJ inside. I remember I got my <laughs> wife to drive us home and I got her to drive so I could keep checking scores and keep checking everything on my phone. And uh, we had like game pass. I had it on my phone, I had the game going and stuff like that. And I remember looking over to her at her and being like, I'm going to lose to your freaking dad. He's going to beat me and I'm never going to freaking hear the end of this. I'm <laughs> never going to hear the end of this. It's going to get brought up at Thanksgiving. It's going to get brought up at Christmas. It's going to get brought up at all family functions. And then Des goes nuclear and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Now, of course, to the father-in-law's crazy. face, I was like, "Good game, good game." Right? Yeah. You know? like, oh, I was like, I was loving it, man. I, I was like, won. "All right, it's time to go streaking. It's time to be yeah. moving the streets. You got to run fast, so the cops don't get you. It's all it's oh, go time, dude. baby. Let's go." Uh, all right, favorite game day beverage. I know you said you're not a beer guy, so are you? Is it is it a cider for sure? On, on yeah, game it's day? a cider. Um, it's a cider, or honestly. By the time I get to Sundays, it's either a cider or um, one of these beautiful little uh, uh, sunrise monsters. I like um, those ones. Because usually halfway through after the main slate or right before the 3 p.m. games, after a long week of work and stuff like that, that midday kind of lull hits you on Sunday where you're like, all right, I need a nap. I need the old man nap on the couch for about 30 minutes and... You try to pop open one of those and try uh, to power through. So it's a cider. Um, I'm usually double fisting. It's a cider and an energy drink, energy drink, which doesn't sound like it works, but it does. Nice. I love it. A good uh, best movie theater snack, D-Bro. Oh, man. Uh, it's got to be either... Uh, it's either it's some type of candy. Oh, well, you know what? It's either nachos, new movie theater nachos, which are god awful and they're terrible, but I cannot get enough of that damn fake cheese. <laughs> I know. Right? Um, it's either those or a uh, bunch of crunch, dude. Bunch oh, of I crunch. love Ooh, bunch of crunch. Bunch of crunch is you can't find one. it anywhere else. You can't it's go to the so store good. and find bunch of crunch. No. You can't go to Halloween. Nowhere else. I like. I have yet to find it. Like. <laughs> Where you can find bunch of crunch. If you guys had a hookup or you know on eBay somebody's got some, <laughs> right, yeah. then hook me up because right. I've still not ever found bunch of crunch anywhere else outside of a movie theater unless y'all have. 
No, I, I haven't either. Oh, uh, you know, because we used to do the thing where obviously you sneak it in. Don't sue me. AMC. Oh, dude, I used to sneak like Burger King and all kinds of stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. A four Sticks course meal. Play. I'm sitting here like <laughs> chomping <laughs> on a hamburger like during that, yeah. like just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I would try to go and find Bunch of Crunch, like you're saying, to sneak yeah. in. And you just can't. You can't find it anywhere, like you said. That's all right. Last one here. Kickoffs in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex. Are you going with your rankings, your ECR, your, or your gut here? I never go with the gut. I go with the numbers. Okay. Boring. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no that's, the, that's the right answer. Couple, I mean, man. look, we look I get at all it. this stuff. I get it. Weekly, I get it. And, you I, it I, you know, I'll, I'll go like, with the matchups. You know, it's just it is what it is. Thank you. Thank makes you. makes a ton so of sense much. to me. That's exactly it. I can't, All right. you can't trust the gut, dude. Sometimes it's gas pain. Sometimes you get like a <laughs> halftime case of the runs. You can't trust the gut, yeah. dude. No. It ain't the runs you need on that, your team. We all want that itch, dude. That's why you got to get that out of there, and you just got to go with what the numbers tell you and the matchups. Yeah, yep. well, between runs and itching, we need to get into this draft so we can yes. talk some ball. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we are doing a 12-team PPR mock draft here with Derek. Appreciate the time here. Yes. You are mocking out of the sixth spot. I'm in the one spot. Johnny in the four spot. Give a shout-out to easy daddy albert m dirty jersey sweet and salty ump daddy death by rona the gregarious kk nighter and reed tyler thanks for being in the mock with us and if we're all good let's get this thing started yeah let's do it just so i got the 101 here we've kind of asked every guest this here so i'm not gonna get into the one 101 chat with you here but Debro, i wanted to ask you to start off we got preseason rocking and rolling now we had the malik willis touchdown the pickens hype your boy tristan ebner as we talked about what uh damian pierce popping off what has been basically kind of the big things for you as we've had preseason roll through that you've been most excited about um i think uh it's a lot of these guys that were all in the dynasty weeds and we're basically trying to figure out these you know sleepers deeper guys guys that could pop off or at least guys i always get enamored with the guys that are that are deep on the rosters that could pop off you know like uh one of the guys oh darn it i thought dalvin cook was gonna make it to me yeah Um, let's go snipe baby Ugh, that's rough but you know what uh y'all are gift wrapping cooper cup here for me so i'm gonna take it um back and forth but yeah i mean for me it's 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 seeing all these guys that are a little bit deeper that if you're in dynasty do you pick them up on taxi squads or it's like if you're in scott fishbowl you're like don't worry last parts of the draft <laughs> i got you yeah, yeah that's right? the guys i love I, seeing yes, pop off y- yes well it's like you when especially scott scott fish where it's like 20 22 rounds or whatever it is you know and you're like then you got the depth to kind of do that you can do it on the back end there uh Johnny here, you went with Dalvin Cook. You want to talk a little bit how he's he's climbed up for you? I mean, you've taken him at 101 in our mocks before. You're really in on Cook this year. Yeah, I am really in on I really did want Justin Jefferson. I thought he was going to fall to me, but I got that kind of got sniped. So I was going to go with Dalvin. So uh, I love Dalvin this year. I think the system is going to be super catered to him. I think he's going to get a lot of dump offs as well. So being PPR, uh, that's always nice as well. And he's got the touchdown upside. Uh, so I do think he could be the overall number one. But the thing I do like, because, you know, people will argue, well, he gets injured often, which he, he does. But the nice thing is I know the clear cut handcuff is um, Madison. And so I can swoop him up and I'm willing to pay a couple rounds extra uh, if I need to, to get that in order to sure that up. And I'm OK with that with Dalvin and that system. 
Debro, I wonder if you'd follow up on that because I have obviously we know that Madison has been for a while now a one for one almost replacement of Cook. I mean, he's not the same player, but we can get absorb a lot of that uh, contingency value from him. But I've been hearing these whispers. Well, you know, Madison's not necessarily this regime's guy, and they they've drafted a couple guys. And are we really going to try and fade Madison as a one for one handcuff for Cook here? No, I mean okay. y- you're not. And basically, um, I think that those. Those concerns, or at least a little bit of that talk, was maybe legitimate, but now we've seen that it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because after week one, every single snap with the first team, Madison played all of them. He played the first two Mm. series with the starters. So that that clearly tells you, like, he is the guy. And then they started mixing in everybody else. Like, Kenny Nwangu came in, Ty Chandler, Mm -hmm. uh, other players like that. But that clearly tells you, like, Madison's the dude. So I'm yeah. not I, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, you know, I think that he's the clear handcuff. <clears throat> we'll uh, get this ent- uh, an- our question answered for Joshua Matthew here in a two wide receiver, two running back, one flex PPR. Should you take any of Chase Cup or Jefferson over Najee Cook, Henry and Eckler? I'll start with you, Debra. Um, I think it only starting a two wide receiver. You can make a really good case uh, for leaning a little bit more running back um, because again, like if you're able to kind of anchor the wide receiver position, then you're only basically, you know, worried about filling the wide receiver two role based off of matchups. Um, depends on where um, I'm kind of at as to where that kind of sifts out and stuff like that. But yeah, I think cook is the player that you put above some of those other ones though. We've got Debro coming up on the clock. Johnny, you, you pretty much agree with what, with that situation. I know you took cook here. Yeah, I do. I think that was well said. All right. We'll move here into the second round. Um, so are you uh, – we got Debro on the clock here. Johnny, I'll give you that same question I kind of asked Debro. I love the Javante pick, uh, Derek. Yeah, you're um, talking about Javante. Yeah, if you want to speak a little bit on Javante, I think he's just kind of the guy. I know we're getting the timeshare talk right now and all these different things is concern, but Javante just profiles as like – this year is maybe Jonathan Taylor or this type that can just really explode uh, and, and, and force Denver's hand here. I mean, he's the upside swing, man. It's like, you know, could Melvin Gordon hold him down? Sure. Can happen. Could he grab 65% of this backfield and end up as a top five running back? That can absolutely happen too. I mean, you know, th- there's so many different outs. I think you're looking at like the floor is okay. He's a top 24 running back in one of the best offenses in the league is the floor you're kind of looking at. The Mm. ceiling is to the damn moon. Yeah, I agree. And all those broken tackles mean is he, you know, he's good at football. We saw that. I liked his tape coming out. uh, And he just, he just expanded upon that when they drafted up to get him Uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. They, you know, they did bring him back, but they kind of let him walk. So it's not like they had a high priority to get Melvin back in the building. They let him kind of do his thing. Then he got the contract after that. Johnny, you are up on the clock here coming up, but you went Kelsey in the second round. I've, I haven't seen Kelsey fall this far, fall this far in a lot of drafts. I thought that was great value there. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised as well. I wasn't completely sold on the wide receivers there, and I wanted to mm. grab – so I wanted to grab T. Higgins – uh, but I didn't want to take him in the second. Um, and then the running backs, I was like, eh. There were a couple that I liked, but having Dalvin as my anchor, I kind of wanted to test this out. Um, and so, yeah, just grabbing Travis Kelsey there, 
I think that he's going to get a lot of targets. Like he is going to get back to kind of what we saw a couple of years ago. I, I believe where he gets that 27, 28% of the, of the team's target share. And then, um, you know, hopefully he can grab a couple more touchdowns. And then uh, I do think he returns as the number one overall touch uh, tight end in football this year. D bro. Uh, you took care of, AJ Brown here. Um, he's a guy that I've kind of been going back and forth. Like, obviously he's just a guy I feel like could make me regret not drafting him big time. Um, but we did see with the first team offense, all Philly did was pass uh, in this preseason game. So that got me enough jack- jacked enough. Are you in with Philly being closer to that pass heavy squad that they were at the first half of the season? Oh, I'm I'm all the way in, dude. I yeah, think Jalen Hurts <laughs> is a dark horse MVP candidate. Yes. Um, I've got I got futures bets on the Eagles to win the NFC East. I got futures Ooh. bets on the Eagles for the Super Bowl. Um, oh, wow. I, I you think are this, all you are. I mean, look, their well, odds are fantastic. Fan. And this team is going to be really damn good. OK, um, yeah. so, I mean, Philadelphia, are you going to be a bigger Philadelphia fan this year or fantasy team this year? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for my futures bets, uh, (laughs) might be Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. But the thing about it is, is that people are sleeping on how good this freaking team is. Like, legitimately how good this team is. Like, you're talking about a squad that is going to field a top five offensive line that um, outside of quarterback, like look at the rest of this depth chart, top five offensive line, their pass rush. They added to it this year. They signed Hassan Reddick. They added to the secondary. They got James Bradbury, who is falling off a lot as far as like man coverage metrics, but he is fantastic in zone and Philly is going to run one shit ton of zone this year. Plus um, they fortified again on the offensive line and with nose tackle Jordan Davis, I mean, what's not to like here, guys? Like, outside of saying, I'm going to shade this team because Jalen Hurts sucks, and you're, I mean, anybody's saying that they're wrong. Right. Um, what What are we supposed to hate, out of, uh, hate about the Philadelphia Eagles? Maybe that their division sucks too bad that they'll be in these positive game scripts. We won't get what we want. But that's the, that I'm with you. I feel like Philly is set to have a huge year. Um, their line is excellent. Um, you talked about all the weapons they have and like Devonta Smith is still sitting there as a value. I think late too, because if I this offense does value, if this offense does take well, that step forward. He, and he's, the other thing is I didn't answer your question, I guess, well enough too, is that you were asking me if Philly passes more. And I think that there's two routes to that. Either they go back to week one through seven and they up the passing rate and that, that coalesces to more passing volume or Here's the other path, and a lot of people don't talk about this. So over that same stretch when they were passing a ton, this team was also first in Nutriscript pace. They Mm. were top seven in no huddle rate, and this team was also near the top in trailing pace as well. So you're looking at all the different outs that it's like they were 14th in plays run last year, but they were 32nd in passing attempts. So if the pace bounces back and they're top five, top seven in neutral pace, they don't have to throw at a top 10 clip. They can throw like league average or like say 55%, something like that. Like doesn't have to be a ton and they're still going to throw a ton more than people think they will. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. The other one you drafted here, Jalen Waddle, and you've had a tweet out, I think it was a couple of days ago, where you said, look, if Tua starts balling out with these deep ball throws, you're going to be insufferable. Um, so you're in on this Miami offense. Rich Rebar has done a lot of convincing uh, to me on some of the stuff I've listened. You're doing some convincing for me. Sell me on this Miami offense here as we get into these you know, dog days of, of managed summer here. So, um, running back just dried up, man. Um, I, um, with some people <clears throat> taking going robust, yeah. <laughs> um, running back just dried up. Like I was actually looking at James Connor and he fell off. And so this room just led me to a hero build, um, with the yeah. way that the draft board's following. And I'm not going to force it, man. I'm not chasing lesser talents. Like the hell no, I'm not touching Josh Jacobs the hell with that shit. Mm. Um, or other players like that. Like I don't even really want Dobbins, but looking at Miami, I love Tua. I love Tua and I don't understand all the shade. The shade is absolutely preposterous and, and crazy to me because you look at every single metric and he was top 12 and damn near every accuracy metric you can find out there. And people want to say, well, he can't throw deep. And I'm like, based off of what? Just because he didn't throw deep because the offensive line was terrible doesn't mean that he can't. The guy literally led the league in deep ball completion rate, but you say he can't throw deep based off of what? And so now they improve the offensive line. They've added pieces around him. Why can't Miami come out there and ball out and throw the damn ball and Tua uh, surpasses expectations? Jalen Waddle, Tyreek pay off at their ADPs. Jalen Waddle has the talent profile where he could even surpass Tyreek Hill this year, and I don't think mm. that's crazy. So, no, I, yeah. I mean, him falling here in a PPR league, which is this is PPR, right? I'm not crazy. Yes. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, a PPR <laughs> league. Off of a, a guy that literally broke the reception record uh, yeah. for rookies last year. Yeah, I'll happily scoop him up. Well, I love what's been coming out a little bit lately, and hopefully it doesn't steam waddle up too much because they've had this weird ADP roller coaster that we've had kind of with those wide receivers. But uh, we did start to see that, like, if Jamar Chase hadn't had the season he did, we'd be talking about Waddle a whole lot more this year just based on what he was able to do with that yeah. historic year, as you mentioned. That's true. Debro. Johnny, you went a little hero RB here, and you were able to get Kelsey Mahomes stack in this PPR, but also Higgins and Mike Williams. I got to say, man, one of your sexier builds through five rounds here. I'm, I'm digging this 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 lineup. Hey, I'll tell you, it's making me awfully uncomfortable right now because I don't know how much I, I love this, but <laughs> we'll see. I'm not – and again, I, I there is I something – well, I appreciate that. But my concern with Pat Mahomes is that um, – I actually saw this on Twitter – apologies i don't remember who had tweeted this out but it was just it was talking about how patrick mahomes had struggled last year um as far as you know in the beginning of the season you know adjusting coverages and then now we're expecting him to at least be as good or if not better without you know one of the best wide receivers in football and so that kind of gave me pause now i do think juju will be a good wide receiver for them i do think that they put in some nice pieces but it does make me question whether he'll be as consistent as he used to be uh or if he'll be more up and down uh, and they if they might you know rely on that run game a little bit more this year so um but i do like the stack with travis kelsey and pat mahomes that was kind of like what swung it for me it was like well i would like to see what this team looks like because generally i don't also draft a quarterback this early as well so 
feel like it's the cheapest we're going to get Kansas City in a long time. You know, it's the cheapest we've got them so far on these players, and it's probably the cheapest we're going to get after we get some solidified wide receiver play too. But I do think there's a world where Mahomes is a little bit less dependent on Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, and it's probably a lot more Kelsey, but also these other guys. You know, he's going to have to spread it around, which could be good for him, um, and it could be good for the consistency maybe going forward if, the, if that's the situation that we rock with there. Debro. What are you looking to get here? I know we don't want to give too much away here, but I saw you go with Kittle. Did I see you wince a little bit at the kill pick? Um, a little bit. So, um, I, I, I absolutely hate sleepers ADP. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's just so many guys that shouldn't be as low as they are. So like, if you're used to sleeper, you're able to kind of like gain the board. Yeah. Um, really wish I would have gone with Michael Thomas there. So would have taken that back. But I mean, yeah. looking at this build, uh, I'm really with with this team um again uh, the, with the way that the board fell it's basically pushed me into a hero build and with that i mean one of these last elite tier tight ends now i've got a lot of worries about kittle as far as from a volume perspective now if talent and trey lance pushing the ball down the field allows kittle to just continue with his efficiency but maybe get some more downfield looks then he can pay off but um overall um i like this team a lot but kittle is is not a player even though it took two seconds here, Debra. Oh. um oh, wait, I, not I, a, I i set oh, you up for, Ali, i set you up for I failure here Ali, I didn't dude, see, no, mine froze mine froze um okay, i right. didn't even see i was on the clock okay um how do i take well at least it okay, picked, I'm off so yeah next to you got it there you go cool yeah no um i'm fine with that pick anyway that that's yeah, i just said got Q a good too. one yeah um so yeah i that's weird. It froze. So I didn't even know I was on the clock. Um, but it heard you talking about the ADP. Yeah. So <laughs> it took over. I know really like sleeper, <laughs> sleeper chastised me, man. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I like Kittle, uh, taking the upside swing and with the team build, I think he makes a lot of sense, but, um, honestly, this didn't work, work out bad because Bateman was at the top of my queue. I was looking at him, um, because again, he is way lower in, in ADP than he should be. But I, I, I like um, filling it out with Chase Edmonds, man. I'm really high on him. I have yeah. him in, in my uh, – he's my RB20 right now. Yep. So uh, bookending him as uh, my RB2 on this team, feel good about it. I know. I love I, that. I was hoping he was going to fall to me. I, I think that he's – Chase is an extreme value right now. <laughs> that worked out really well. It's so great when the auto pick – it rarely happens, but – when the you gotta auto set them cues, man. Got to set them cues ahead of time. So if you get caught or uh, sleeper decides to give you the middle finger because you trash talked it, that that's right. what happens. <laughs> oh, good pick. Top yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double mess with you here no! too. Uh, I had to. Oh, hey, part of doing this, D bro, is I gotta know who I'm working with here, mm. and I was he wasn't gonna be here. I was torn between him and Kyler Murray, but that's I, a good I, pick, man. Listen, I'm 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 sipping the Kool Aid you're you're uh, setting down here. I had Hurts last year, and what we saw was a little bit of a drop off after the injury. But everything you said is true, and does he not remind you of Lamar Jackson in that MVP year a little bit? Like he's got, and he might have better weapons and a better setup than Lamar had that year. So yep. uh, I really am in on the hype for Jalen Hurts. He's one of the few quarterbacks I want to make sure I leave the draft without him a lamar and kyler murray some of those guys i want to make sure i get in on d bro you're actually out on kyler murray though right is that true um Whoa. or does that come around 
Uh, I'll answer that question right now. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, um, as he takes the. <laughs> I, I, nice. I was, I was well out well on Kyler, and no, yeah. I'm I'm not out on Kyler. I was out on Kyler earlier this off season. But okay. The more and more I've thought about it, the more and more I bumped him back up. I had him as low as like QB ten, um, and a lot of it was really just being concerned about the splits without DeAndre Hopkins. And then mm. the more that I've looked at it, the more that I've thought about it. The, the other part about Kyler is not being worried about his floor. If we're shooting for upside and those things matter and you want to win your league, Kyler, there is a pocket of quarterbacks that allow you to do that. And that that is really my top, um, my second tier quarterback. So you're looking at Lamar, you're looking at Jalen Hurts, and you're looking at Kyler Murray. Um, that tier of quarterbacks, I love. And because we've seen we've seen Lamar dominate the league and put up difference maker points per game, like 29 points per game in his MVP season. You've seen Kyler in 2020 for the first 11 weeks of the season. He was the QB one. He was putting up 29 points per game. He was dominating. He was a Q, He was a top five quarterback in 70 percent of his games. He was you know, on pace to break weeks. Lamar Jackson's yeah. Be- overall season. Yeah, he was. And he, he still was doing has it. that type of range of outcomes where yep. he could break fantasy football. Yes. So it's like I want to go the triumvirate of quarterbacks that I want is either Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. And I'm ending up with a shit ton of Kyler Murray because he falls the latest out of those three guys. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, totally. I mean, I, I like Kyler, um, the the Hertz pick, and the the fact that Hertz and Drake London went right ahead of me definitely stung. But I'm happy to get Kyler here, especially with the team build. Have you dug any more into the? I was I was obviously traveling at the expo this weekend, but the Drake London scare injury scare there. Anything out of major concern there? I think he they're just going to kind of keep him out for a little while. Yeah, I mean, everything I've read from beat reports has all been it. They're, they're not worried about it. And if okay. they're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. And yeah. the other thing about it is like if this was like week three of preseason, you'd be a little more concerned. But if yeah. it's something minor, even if it's something like even if he had a meniscus in, in injury, it was if it was tiny, you know, yeah. him going and getting like cleanup surgery, things like that. And he's back for week one or week two, then you're not really worried. So I think. If this was going to happen, not saying like yay for an injury, but if it's going to happen, this wasn't a bad time of the preseason to do right, it. Right. Good timing right. on it. Zach Wilson might be praying uh, that it, or happy, fortunate that it happened that this time too. He might be yeah. able to get Man, back. I'm in time. still, I'm still worried about Zach Wilson. Um, well, yeah, I don't think yeah, the injury yeah, is uh, because the only reason we worry about stuff him. And it's really, it comes down to like, do we, wh- where do we sit with that? You know, like we still yeah. haven't gotten clear reports on like, definitively what that's going to kind of look like, you know? Yeah. So you're a board. We're, we're worried about express. Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> we're worried about Zach Wilson. So are, so is his best friends, you know, they don't, they're not trusting Yo, him anymore. Oh, so Braxton Barrios is probably yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Right. Keeping his dude. mom away from the facility, apparently. So that's, the, oh, that's yeah. sweet and salty. That's Hunter Renfro light. Sweet and Salty went with a rookie wide receiver, but he he chose poorly. He went with the oh. wrong rookie wide receiver. This is actually oh. uh, Scott's girlfriend, Sweet and Salty. She's in here, so yeah. So she and she went with the wrong rookie. Says D Bro here. Yep. I'm sorry, I, I I don't mean to talk down, but she 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 chose poorly. And you're you're still all the way in on Sky Moore. My worry isn't that Sky Moore is good. It's it's really about the the surrounding people. And I'm not saying MVS and Juju are good, but they probably are going to take a little bit away from his redraft stock this year, I would think. Right, Debro? Or you you think redraft's the way to go with it? I think he's fine. I mean, okay. one of my bold takes was that he was going to finish as a wide receiver one this year. So mm. 
I've got him ranked aggressively, what people think is aggressively. Mm. Um, I've got him at wide receiver 31. Um, so I, I love him. I love the talent. I mean, my whole and the, the my pushback against it, okay, is you look at this depth chart. You have nothing but role players outside of Sky Moore. Like MVS is a, is a field stretcher only. Juju is a slot zone beater only. Miko Hardman is an equipment manager only. Like oh. all these guys have specialized roles. Oh, yeah, you like that? God, that, was good. that was good. All these guys have a specialized roles except for Sky Moore. He could beat man. He could beat zone. He could beat press. He's a baller. If Miko Hardman going in the second round never happened, tell me this, guys. If Miko Hardman had never gone to Kansas City in the second round. No, Where do you think consensus would be at Ooh. on Skymore right now? That's a great question because obviously we are burned. We have that recency bias mm-hmm. with me, Cole. Um, but if we're looking at prospects, I, I got to think Skymore is a better prospect than Miko Hardman was. I know they're drafted similar capital, but as far as routes that win in the NFL, Miko seemed to be drafted as a scared pick. That you know they were scared because Tyreek Hill could have been suspended, so they went out and got a guy that kind of fit that mold. I'm with you on that, D bro. But to answer your question, I, I don't know. I'd imagine a little bit higher, obviously, than Sky Moore, maybe closer to the Juju range. Yeah, I mean, I I think he would be going inside the top 36 wide receivers, but because yeah. you have Juju truthers out in the streets, and you have me Cole people that are still dealing hey, with yeah, PTSD hey, we're, from we're, that, we're naked. Then dude. you we're know they're the they're all worried about it, and that's pushing yeah. Sky Moore down into like ridiculous proportions into. Wider. I feel like Sky Moore is going to be one of the most obvious things when we look back at this season and say, okay, super talented prospect going in the second round, airdropped into Kansas City. These are the guys he faced competition behind Travis Kelsey, and we didn't see this coming. I feel like it's going to be an obvious call at the end of the season where people look back and they're like, damn it, man. Like, why? Why did I talk myself out of it? So that's yeah. that's why I'm all in, man. Would you, and you wouldn't take him ahead of Drake London, though. You you think Drake no, London's the better no. wide receiver rookie to snag here? Yes, obviously. Just I think Drake. I have Drake London as uh, at wide re- wide receiver twenty five. I think Drake London, his target share, his his talent, his ability. I mean, the thing the things that you love about Drake London is the same thing, and a lot of the reasons that I did not care about weight and BMI and all mm. these different things. Top competition. When Devonta Smith came out, and they're incredibly different players, but but I'm, I'm going to bridge the gap here, is that when Devonta Smith came out, his final season when he won the Heisman, every single college team knew when they faced Alabama, they were getting one heaping dose of Devonta Smith, and they couldn't do shit to stop him. Nothing. Nothing at all. It was, we're going to get force-fed Najee and Devonta Smith, and we can't stop either one of them, so whatever. This is the same thing for Drake London, man. He was hurt and he missed half the freaking last collegiate season, but people missed the context. This dude's single game box scores are the stuff of idiot, like, like insanity. Like he was averaging 14 targets, 11 receptions and 135 receiving yards per game in his final year. Like those numbers just. So, yeah, I, I think I mean, Drake I mean it is a 25% target share. It is one. It is the Pac-12. So that is one thing, uh, but I w- I'm not saying that he's going to be a terrible wide receiver, but I think we're going to be vastly disappointed because one, it's not just about his talent. It's also the talent of the quarterback. And what we've seen from the quarterback is that now 
Ritter did look good. Um, and the did Mariota game. not look good in that that one no, series? I, I'm I'm saying I do think Mariota will keep the job a lot longer. I'm not pushing back. I, I'm asking. I'm legitimately asking. Like I thought he looked really good. Yeah. But well, but the thing is, is when you look at Mariota, he goes to his tight end quite often, and so well, that's go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So that's just my concern is that, hey, we're looking in now again, does will London see targets? I do think he'll see targets now. It's just the depends on the accuracy of those targets. And because we saw the thing with Corey Davis where Corey Davis would get, you know, he'd have like these 15 target games, but he was only able to rally in like eight of them, you know. So like that's just my concern with London. So a few things to, to kind of parse through there. Um, yeah, I said a lot in that. I apologize. Well, <laughs> I, I think like we almost like, muted your mic. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went on like a 10 minute rant a second ago. So no, 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 shame. no shame, no shade. But I, I think the things we need to understand, too, is that like and, and I hear it brought up a lot is that like when people say, OK, quarterbacks like this player, like that player. Some of this comes down to one talent and two who they're around. Delaney Walker was one of the best receiving talents at the tight end position for a like a while yeah, in Tennessee. He's a beast, and he didn't have anybody challenging him for targets. So the whole tight end thing is more of like who else is around him? Rashard freaking Matthews was there. Corey Davis has never really panned dude. Kenny out Britt, bro. Uh, Kenny Britt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kenny Britt had for a, a game season. for I'll a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had one season. I mean, so I, for me, I look at even if Mariota is not fantastic, like what is going to stop Drake London and Kyle Pitts from each soaking up like 26% target shares? What stops mm. that? Well, other than my boy on the other side, uh, Brian Edwards. Oh, I love about, him, man. But we got to get off that train, right? <laughs> I don't know. Do we? I, I, I want to stay on it. One more season. Ugh. One more season. I'm, I've had enough I, seasons. I'm tired of the merry-go-round. Well, <laughs> I'll do it one more time because there's the talent. The talent is always there. I mean, I I love Edwards. Don't get me wrong, man. It's just um, the fact that we ain't seen it yet um, is definitely, um, it, you know, it definitely makes me pump the brakes, at least at this point. Now he's surrounded by two, two who I look at, two definitive alpha types. And that, that again, that worries me. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I am not liking this back end of this draft here. This there's is, some ugly picks. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of guys in this range that I would have gone with had I not taken Kittle. Like, I love Albert O. Um, feels a little bit early for a lot of these running backs. So I'll just I keep know. pressing the button on wide receiver. Well, and even guys that we – I mean, I love Tolbert. I love Rondell Moore. I love, like, if they can get these opportunities. But – we didn't two weeks ago, D bro. We weren't having to take him in the tenth and the eleventh. No, times, like times are changing, you know. Well, Tolbert was already he was always he was too steaming low. up. Yeah, he he was yeah. he was always too low. Like people had him ranked um, ridiculously low, and I was like, why? Like I don't I don't I, I don't get it. Like I don't get why we're ranking him low. Like it's CD Lamb and it's Dalton Schultz and it's who. Yeah. Gallup is not coming uh, back Paul, in like freaking November. Like Pollard in the moving into the slot. I, that's what it is, you know. It's like, yeah, yep. I'm totally with you. It makes all the sense in the world. The only argument you hear back for Tolbert is draft capital, right? Like that's the well, only thing that people he wasn't say. An early like, declare, right? Twenty three, yeah. like <laughs> it's like the but the dude balled. <laughs> like the dude yeah, he balled. 
straight up bald. The dude is a hardcore, legit baller. Like, I've been on him ever since, like, I saw him. I got to interview him and talk to him at Senior Bowl. The dude's a dog. He's awesome. put together oh, like a freaking god. Like, let's go. Um, I... I'm a huge fan of his talent. Like I look at right. him as Marvin Jones with better deep speed. Um, mm. I I love Tolbert. Um, mm. I think that he's gonna be fantastic. I gobbled him up in every single rookie draft. I had him ranked aggressively. Um, I mean, why do we not? So I think the other thing that needs context around some of these these rookies that come out because we all get caught up in early breakout age. We all get caught up in in early declares. When you go to freaking South Alabama, unless your agent or people around you are telling you that, hey, yes, you're going to go in the NFL draft. Yes. Hey, you're going to be selected at this spot by this team or whatever. You know what I mean? Then then tell me why the guy out of South Alabama doesn't just go back to the team and say, you know, okay, I'm just going to get another year of seasoning. I'm going to ball out and hopefully this helps me. Like if he gets bad info or if he gets info that he's not going to go high, Oof, I'm not going to buy into hype, but right now I am going to take this upside swing. Um, Lord help me. This is not me buying into Twitter hype, okay? I just want to throw this out. Oh, it is. <laughs> there oh, he is. is At this time of the oh draft, this is Dude. where you just say screw ADP and you yes. throw it out the damn window. Dude, Pacheco. Let's. I'm I'm in on the old, the old late Pacheco hype here. I mean, he goes in the 12th or 12th 13th round. If he, if he sucks or he doesn't do anything, cut him after week three or week four. Whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, but if Clyde Edwards Lair gets hurt, then cool. But um back to back to Tolbert. I, I love Tolbert. Like the thing about it, like these non-early declares is like if you come from a small school and you're getting this information, why would you come out? Like tell me that, guys. Like right. why would you come out as a prospect yeah. if you're not gonna get the draft capital? Like if he had come out last year and he went in the fifth round, as opposed to where he did this year, then Will we say his prospects as an NFL player are better or did he improve his draft stock and does he have a better outlook this year based off of he'd have gone come out last year and he would have been buried on a depth chart or gone in the fourth round or been a damn UDFA, you know? So, yeah, I push back on some of that stuff because we also need to understand the context that of like these players and what they hear and their draft stock in small schools and things like that. Yeah, I feel that way with Olave. Like what what's not being talked about with Olave is that he played through the COVID year and he decided to go back and like look at what the Saints gave up to go get him. Like I'd say that paid off for Olave, you know? Like he actually went up and now you could argue that they shouldn't have given up that much, but I love Olave. I think he's polished and people are just kind of saying, "Well, you know, I don't know, you know, all these the the early declare stuff and the senior. I'm just like, "Come on, guys. Sometimes guys are just good at football." You know, <laughs> like yep. that's what we got to go with. Right. The eyeball it's, test, it's the fit. Women, exactly. Because that's the thing is like sometimes fit can make a player like going into a certain system that just fits a player's uh, talents. Coaching just fits right. And then all of a sudden you get an explosion of a player, uh, you know, similar to Cordero Patterson last year. Right. Cordero Patterson gets into the right system that uses them in a certain way. And then you get this explosion uh, of a fantasy season and an outlier. And those are the guys that you target that win your league. Those are my, the ones that you have to go for. My man Debro here dro- drafted five rookies in the last six rounds here. Yeah. Is that right? He thought it was hey, a uh, dynasty. He thought it was here. a dynasty league here. <laughs> no, Does, he I says, mean, "Don't I, care." I like upside. Yeah, yeah, like upside. baby. 
I like mystery box. And if you want, if you want um, better context about there, uh, JJ Zacharyson has done awesome studies on yeah. the the underrated upside of rookies in the back half of, of uh, their rookie seasons. How mm. they improve in points per game. They're awesome down the stretch. We all. So this is what I I and and I keep pushing back against this from from the entire fantasy industry. I do not understand for the life of me, and maybe it's just this rookie class, or maybe this is something we do as an industry every single year. Like coming out of last year, we say, man, you know, Jamar Chase was that dude. Jalen Waddle was that good. Amon Ross St. Brown balled out. But you know, I don't know about Sky Moore. Man, I don't know mm, about Jake yeah. Man, I don't know about these rookies. Well, but then it's like point. at the end of the year, we say, Dude, they were freaking awesome. But then yeah. we come back around to, dra to draft season. We're like, well, I don't know because I haven't seen it. And we talk ourselves out of it. And I, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, no, like, that's fine. Instead of some old dust ball, I'm not, I don't want to draft. <laughs> I'll take some young kid and I'll sit here and like Jamison Williams. People are yep. like, well, I mean, we don't know when he's I all right. This like one's that. for the brand, baby. For the brand. Hey, nice. there you go. Nice. Um, but Show people now. say, I don't want to draft draft Jamison Williams because he's not going to be ready till November. Point me to the damn release from any beat writer that definitively says he will not be ready until November. Point me to any draft where his ADP is outpacing his possible upside down the back half of the season. Mm -hmm. You're pick, picking him in the 140s, the wide receiver 50, 60, 70 range. You're taking him with one of the last three picks of any like home league draft. And people are like, but I just don't know about Jamison Williams. At that point of the draft, who gives a shit if he doesn't play with the five right. games? Who yeah. cares? Yeah, right? Like, why point. does that matter? Like the, your the only thing you could say or your last few picks outside the top 120 players. Are you looking at starting that guy week one? Right. Unless your draft goes shit sideways. You right, shouldn't right. be. Yeah, so people are like, but I'm not going to get him for the first six weeks. What wide receiver six or seven are you looking that you should be plugging into your lineup in, <laughs> week, th in week three? Tell me if that. You, if you did it, you drafted wrong. If that's what you're exactly. looking for. Yeah. If you need to sit here and start your wide receiver seven in week three, you done fucked up. It doesn't yeah. matter. Anymore. Yeah, that's, that's right. a really good point. Right. Well, we did it. We didn't fuck up here. We drafted the whole oh. damn thing here. 14 rounds, PPR, 12, P, uh, 12 team mock draft with our guy, Derek Brown, Debro here. So a little bit of what we like to do here, Debro, is go through our teams. We'll talk a little bit about that build. We'll also do a roast and toast of some of other Whisper Nation that was with us here. But we'll let you kick this thing off. Debro, tell us a little bit about your build and, and what you were able to do here. Yeah, man, I feel good about this squad. I really do. Um, oh, sweet mother of hell. Did I not draft a quarterback? No, you got Kyler Murray. <laughs> no, you got Okay, Kyler. never mind. I got yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. I had a heart attack. I was like, I was like whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I was I scrolled up and down too fast. I missed Kyler when I went up and down the team. I was like, never mind. I done screwed up on this team. Anyway, going back. <laughs> now after the brain fart. Um, I feel good about this team, though, guys. Like, I feel good. I took the value where it was presented. Um, so leaned into a hero build here. My um, running back room, I got Javante Williams and then just really piecing together upside shots for RB2 because with as many wide receivers as I went with, you, I, I'm going to have a wide receiver in the flex. That's what's going to happen with this team. Um, having Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle is my... We're starting three wide receivers, correct? That is correct, sir. Yep. And 
So those guys are never coming out of the lineup outside of bye weeks. And then I'm looking at the flex. I'm going to pick between Sky Moore, Russell Gage, Christian Watson, and Jamison Williams. And then just figure out RB2, which I know I got timed out, but Chase Edmonds was at the top of my queue. Yeah, and if he hits, I'm not even worried about RB2. And then the upside swings of Isaiah Spiller, Isaiah Pacheco, and yes, Tristan Ebner, my dude. Those are upside swings I will take every single day because where they went in the draft, um, it's fine. If they don't end up panning out, Spiller doesn't pan out, Pacheco doesn't pan out, Ebner doesn't pan out, cut them. It's fine. I don't really care. You know, I'll just pick up another waiver wire guy. Maybe I hit for the RB2 spot. But I mean, outside of that, I feel really good, man. Like, I'm not mixing and matching quarterbacks. I'm not mixing and matching tight ends. Those onesie positions, I should be, if those guys hit. And this is something we talk about in best ball, but a lot. But I think it it it, it needs to be said for every single format. Stop hedging. Stop hedging. You need to draft as if you are right. We do this in best ball and people go running back, running back. And then they're like, well, maybe I should, you know, this is all to all the, the early handcuff drafters. It's like, mm. why do you take the early handcuff? Tell me this. Like, why are you going to pay up for a handcuff for your high running back? If you think that there's a legitimate chance that Dalvin Cook gets hurt, why the shit did you spend a first round pick on him? Tell me mm. that. Like, you made the bet. You paid up the equity. You got your guy, but you're going to hedge later in a draft. Well, if he goes down, you're probably screwed anyway. You know, so what's the point, man? I don't like, really? I mean, I will to push back on that. I would say, well, I mean, not to like well, go specifically Dalvin Cook. You could put like no, no, Madison. Right. We, we yeah, you know, but right. But like CMC, do yeah. we really know who the handcuff is between like Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, who split snaps perfectly in week one. So you really can't right. say we know the handcuff or, right. you know, these other running backs. Like if you you draft uh, DeAndre Swift or, you know, right. th these running backs where maybe the handcuff isn't as clear. My whole point is why hedge? Draft like you're right. right. Get your guys. And because ADP itself, and I'm not saying go get like a 12th round guy in the freaking fifth. But reach around if you have to get them early, draft aggressively, because if you do the homework or you follow sharp people and you believe in their analysis, you should be drafting like you're right. You should be drafting mm -hmm. with conviction because I don't play these damn ADP games, guys. Like, screw that shit. Get your guys, because if you're right, you win. To the moon. Yeah, to there the you moon, go. Dude. If you're right, you win. That's the words yeah. to live by by our guy yeah. Debro here. We gotta we gotta get etch those in stone. Get them tattooed. I I do agree with you on the on the uh, handcuff thing. It it's just very 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 rare that we know who the handcuff is. So as uh, your point in CMC, it, it it hits because I've been I have been taking a lot of foreman, but with this one for one split like you talk about with Chuba Hubbard, it just adds another wrinkle to be like, well, am I gonna pay the equity or just take another late round dart throw that uh, really really sparks the upside here? I like your team here i think the rbs were a little bit thinner than i would have liked but i still think this is a firm playoff team because when you go hero rb you want to get those onesie like you talked about the onesie positions handled and i think you did a great job with that with murray and kittle so i think with that plus the wide receiver trio excellent there in my opinion so i, I think would have that's gone more running back like I, I considered running backs and i'll throw this out there too i consider running backs um and i'm looking the board just to make sure i'm right here 
The problem with running back in this draft is I considered running back in the third round, but a lot of my third and fourth round guys had already been scooped up. The fact that Cam Akers went, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall went earlier in this draft. Those are the guys that fall in the third and fourth round, and I like that tier of guys. I love their upside, but none of them were here. So I'm not going to reach for a dead zone running back and say, well, I'm going to take, because I need an RB2. I'm going to sit here and reach (laughs) for a lesser player and say, okay, um, instead of going with A.J. Brown, I'm going to sit here and and I'm going to go with David Montgomery. I'm going to go with Zeke. I'm going to go with some of these other guys like I'm or JK Dobbins. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like I'll figure out running back. I'll push it down the road. I'm, I'm going to go best player available and I'm not going to, because that's the other thing. It's like, whether you're talking about dynasty or you're talking about redraft, I think we also need to wrap our heads around the fact that the league and the game doesn't stop after the the draft, draft. right? Like Mm -hmm. you can walk out of the draft with building strength areas to trade from. And it's okay. If you walk out of the draft with some holes to fill, like if you go best player available, you're probably going to have an area of strength to be able to trade from to fill some of those holes. If your dart throws and your lottery tickets don't pan out. Mm -hmm. So don't be feeling like, I don't have an RB2 yet, so I need to take Josh Jacobs. I need to take David Montgomery. Like, those are minus EV decisions. Don't do that kind of shit. Just take a wide receiver that's better. I love that. Be smart. Uh, Johnny, you have Debro's team outside of the playoffs, on the bubble, inside, or a championship contender here. I have them. Um, I have them in the playoffs. I do think that w- with Edmonds and then the, the stack of wide receivers, and then Kyler, I think Kyler has number one upside. Um, and, and so I do think that this is a overall, I think you'd be in the playoffs. Perfect. All right. So Debro, as we we're going to dissect our teams, be on the lookout with whisper nation, the other teams here of a team you would roast and a team you would toast, uh, as, a, as opposed to, you know, good, bad, what, what are you doing here? What do, what do you like here? But we'll go through our teams as well here. Yeah. Johnny, go ahead. All right. Uh, so I took Dalvin cook with the one Oh four. I, did that as like an anchor RB there. Uh, I was able to grab Travis Kelsey as my tight end in the second round. My wide receivers, I went T. Higgins in the third, Mike Williams in the fourth, got Elijah Mitchell, or sorry, Elijah Moore in the seventh, Julio Jones in the tenth, and then DJ Chark in the twelfth. And then my running backs that I paired with Dalvin Cook uh, were Cordero Patterson in the sixth, James Cook in the eighth, Rashad Penny in the ninth, Naheem Hines in the 11th, and then Don to Foreman in the 14th. Then I took uh, Pat Mahomes in the 5th, and then in the 13th, I said, what the hell, Justin Fields still here. I would grab him, and then kind of like the whole strength with strength thing, I do think Fields uh, has massive upside this year. I think that he could potentially be what we uh, think Lance could be. Uh, And so if that hits, then I now have an an option to trade Pat Mahomes. That's what I do love uh, about getting two quarterbacks uh, potentially depending on which ones you grab um, because of this kind of play style. I like this build, Johnny. I'll let Debro uh, comment here. If he thinks this team is out of the playoffs on the bubble in the playoffs or a contender based on the build you were able to put together, Johnny. I, I think this is a playoff team. I think it's going to hinge on what some of your risky picks do here. Um, yeah. I think like, 
Patterson not falling apart because of age, Penny or Cook, like your RB2 hitting. But mm-hmm. also, I think, like, with us starting three wide receivers, if Zach Wilson does come out of this hurt or he sucks because still possibly sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Julio Jones is hurt. I think um, the only pivot I would have made is I probably would have gone with another wide re- like where you took Patterson. I mm-hmm. probably would have strengthened your uh, your wide receivers a little bit more and kicked RB because I like I love James Cook. I love yeah. I, I when you were when you took James Cook, he was at the top of my queue. I I was I was aiming to take James Cook to pad my running back position. So I love that pick. Um, but I think like looking at how you you put together because you only you took what uh, five wide receivers. And yeah. so it's like Chark is kind of a matchup guy. You're never going to feel great about starting him. If Julio gets hurt, then you're down to three guys. Right. So I probably would have taken another wide receiver, probably in the Patterson range. Like if you would have gone, say, um, and I'm trying to figure out which way the board played out. So back, forward, back, forward, back, forward. Um, I'm trying to figure out which way we were going. Um, it was going Patterson, towards. Yeah. To so the right. He- yeah, you could have gone Mitchell and Sanders, some of those other guys, Stevenson maybe. That would have been I, a well, I, I think like if you'd have gone like Amon Ross St. Brown at that point, if I'm reading this board right, like if you'd have taken Oh, him, like yeah, that's right. Strength and wide. If receiver. you would have taken Amon Ross St. Brown, I probably would feel just a tad bit better about this team. But again, I think it's a playoff team. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I think your RB2 scares me, but I like all the different lottery picks you went, especially in PPR, yeah. uh, to try and get one of those to stick. This is one I, of those teams where you could be in the in the playoffs and looking really freaking pretty, or you could be hitting the waiver wire if like yeah, some yeah. of these guys fall apart. But, <laughs> exactly. I mean, here's the thing. like You risk it for the biscuit. If you're not first, you're worst. Like, yeah. Screw it. Like We're going for championships here. Like People yeah. draft too safe. They, play, they hedge the hell out of stuff. Like... No, you're not going to get first place by playing by by drafting scared. So no, I I, I love it. Yeah, f the floor, man. We're not playing yeah, for dude. floor plays yeah, here. Let's I don't give go. A shit like, about your yeah. floor. Screw Let's it. go. I don't care about yeah. your floor. <laughs> All right, so I went RB robust. Uh, I went uh, Christian McCaffrey at the 101, Acres at two uh, as the end of the second round, and then Travis Etienne in the third. Also went Stevenson in the eighth, and Jamal Williams in the twelfth. I'm just I'm buying the hard knocks hype. I love my boy Jamal. I'm a Packers fan, so I got some love for Jamal yeah, for sure. Uh, and wide receiver, this didn't this wasn't my best or my favorite wide receiver build, but that's what happens. You go RB robust; these things are going to happen. Went Metcalf, Robinson, Davis. I'm not huge on Metcalf, but he was kind of like that less the last alpha sitting there for me, so I took him there. But I love Robinson, love Davis, love the upside there. Hopefully they can hit. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, much to Debro's chagrin there. Took him there. Uh, Zach Ertz uh, and then David Njoku to round it out just as an upside play on Zach Ertz. uh, Should Watson get back sooner than later? Um, I don't. I don't love the – usually what's happened at this 101, I've been able to kind of scoop up better RBs than this. I, I'm not in love with this RB robust build. I, I know I got some flack from Scott in the chat about Acres. I do think Acres just has upside. Same with ETN. So I kind of just swung with those. But uh, that's my team right there. Johnny, why don't you let me know what you think. Playoff team, bubble, uh, out of the playoffs or a contender here? I do think this is a playoff team. Because I'm, I do think that DK does finish as a top fifteen wide receiver, um, and then you got Allen Robinson, who I was actually that was the guy I was hoping. Like you guys were talking about, you know, 
me going in a wide receiver position. You, I got sniped on Allen Robinson because that was where I was planning to go with the Pat Mahomes pick. Uh, and then uh, I also got sniped on um, Amon Ra went a little bit earlier. And so did Michael Thomas. Those were two wide receivers I was also looking yeah, at. So, top of my key too. Yeah. So, um, but Travis, I think you did a really, really great uh, job with this. But I think Zach Ertz, getting him so late, I, I he's just a top five tight end that you can get in that you know eight nine ten rounds that i just think is a lock at that position so um i i really like this team i think you did a good job balancing upside with uh you know some some good solid pieces that do have you know upside still left so i'd say in the playoffs with this one all right g bro what do you think I was going to say, do you want my two cents? Because I think this team is straight sex, dude. Yeah, let's go. It fucks oh, hard, baby. Dude, dude, dude. Let's go. It fucks hard. I love this wow. team. Yes. Um, I really, really like this team. Um, you So the only thing I would have changed with this team, considering you went robust, I would not have touched running back until like the, top, the last three rounds. I would not because... If yeah. those guys you're making again, you're making the bet. You're making the bet that CMC, Acres, and ETN all hit. You're never yeah. having to worry about a flex. You should never having to be worried about like starting anybody else outside of those guys um, at the running back position. Even if you like, we're talking about like with bye weeks and stuff. You're still going to have RB one, RB two. So with the robust build, I would not have touched running back until like the last like two, three rounds. I probably would have gone those three running backs. And then the last three picks of the draft taking three running backs or two running backs, because you're making the bet. Those guys stay healthy. If that happens, I won't need them. You won't need them at all. You won't need them at all. So like, then you just pad with upside shots at wide receiver and tight end and you're gravy, dude. So, I mean, outside I, of that, I really like this team. I'm in love yeah. with Ramon J. Stevenson. I love the big man. He is awesome. Yes. Um, that, again, if this is redraft purposes, you could easily trade him for another wide mm-hmm. receiver. That's not a problem. Or package him and dubs and take advantage of the hype right now and get a really damn good mm-hmm. wide receiver and put this team over the top. Yeah. Um, or you would package him with DK and go get yourself like a top 10 guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be the move, but this team screams magic to me. Um, I, I think Zach Ertz. I, I don't know if he has the upside of what we saw last year because the offense fell apart around him and he got tons of volume. I think um, he, but again, as nasty as it as it is, he's still a top twelve guy. He's still a top yeah. ten guy. Yeah, you know where you got him is fine. Um, the upside shots on Rondell Moore, Jalen Tolbert, I think are fine. Jamal Williams, I bumped back up in my ranks because after watching the preseason, yes, DeAndre Swift looks awesome. He mm. looks awesome. But we also need to understand, like, I just wrote this up, and we have a preseason week one takeaways article that'll be live, I think, tomorrow or the next day on, on Fantasy Pros uh, from myself out. and uh, Andrew Erickson. And Jamal Williams, when I looked at his his uh, snaps, he played the same exact snaps with the first team that DeAndre Swift did, ran the routes, got the same kind of work. DeAndre Swift just happened to do more with it. So I think that if that's the case then we're also need to look like Jamal Williams may be involved and could be more of a thorn in the side. Unless DeAndre Swift owns all the passing down work and all the red zone work, we probably need to get a little more respect on Jamal Williams's name. And the upside is still there for DeAndre Swift to be this year's Austin Eckler. That that still could happen. But 
we also need to to come to grips as well with a little bit of the downside too. So, um, like the Williams pick, um, I just I like this team at all, like all overall, man. And I think you gave yourself a good upside swing with looking at Zach Ertz as a top twelve tight end. I freaking love David Njoku, man. I don't yeah, Jacoby Brissett is throwing in the ball. I don't give a crap if it's Watson. I don't give a crap if Joffrey. It Josh almost Rosen helps that in. it's it's Brissett because Brissett loves his tight ends. I mean, my whole thing is that, like, David Njoku flashed elite athleticism and, uh, and efficiency last year. Like, he was top 12 in yards per route run and yak per reception last year. They gave him a massive contract. There's still well, that's nobody the outside of. That's the thing, D-Bro, the yak. It's like, who else on their team is going to give them yak other than nobody. Njoku? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, really, like, maybe nobody, Kareem like, Hunt. Yeah. Like, I mean, DPJ th- is overrated. Right. Uh, Anthony Schwartz has still not been a thing. Amari Cooper yeah. is on the back end of his career, and he has declining metrics. Like, right. David Njoku can... David, and, and, and I want people to understand this, because he's still going way, way too late for the upside that he presents, because, again, people have been burned too many times about Njoku, but he could challenge for the lead in targets on this team. And I don't hmm. think that that's yeah. a crazy thing to say. He absolutely yeah. could. Yeah. I, I, um, so I agree with that. I, I love this team. Love, love, love this. I team. appreciate it. The one thing I'll say about Stevenson is I just have, I have a hard time passing him up. Cause as you said, we love the big man and I'm not a hundred percent in on, on cam acres. I've been back and forth all year on the off season with it. So it was just kind of a hedge, but I did your, I went against your number one rule. Don't hedge. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta invest with the capital that you go for here. But Debro, did you have a chance to look at Whisper Nation and the and the way they drafted? Give us one roast, one toast, a team you liked, a team you you just have. It just makes you sick. You don't even want to look. Um, yeah. I'd say if I would roast anybody, and it's it's not really just just crapping on somebody, but like I don't really love the the team build for uh team two whoever easy daddy is easy daddy Um, Daddy. i i like jonathan taylor don't get me wrong um that's but there's a lot of uh wide receiver picks and stuff like that here where the the downsides big time real like debo i have a hard time paying up for him like he had a perfect storm season last year um george kittle was out for three games he smashed brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse for the first part of the season he smashed Trey Lance, we don't think that the passing rate's going to go up with him under center. And yes, I understand. I took George Kittle. I get that. But I also took George Kittle um, a good uh, three rounds after Debo went. So, you know, onesie position, things like that. I I have a hard time getting behind Debo if he doesn't uh, reprise that wide back role. doesn't matter. Like, I think he's yeah. going to be a, have a hard, hard time paying off where he's going in drafts. Uh, Mike Evans is fine. Again, Herbert's fine. I like Mooney, but Adam Thielen, Father Time could come calling. Elijah Mitchell was hurt. And um, I think that there's real chance like he could be the one there. He easily could be mixing in and we didn't see him get the goal line work. So like, yeah, Elijah Mitchell got a lot of the things and he was good last year because he got a crap ton of volume. But he did. He was like outside the top 30 in weighted opportunity. He was outside the top 30 in red zone touches. Um, if those things didn't happen last year, it's hard to project that we see those things this year, especially with a rushing quarterback. So I have a hard time buying into that. Like Brian Robinson, where they got him. George Pickens feels like a little bit of a reach off a of, uh, preseason hype because mm. he's still what, guys? 
the fourth, fifth yeah. option in a Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett led offense. So we really need to calm breaks. Like we need to calm the hell down. Like he's gonna be behind Deontay. Maybe he's behind Najee. Deep Maybe enough. he's behind Claypool. And even if you think he's what the number two option, three option, it's still Mitch Mitchell tri- freaking Trubisky or Kenny Pickett thrown in the damn yeah. ball. So down bad. we really need to sit here and pump the damn brakes um, on Pickens. But if I'm going to roast anybody, I think that the, that's the team that kind of stands out to me. And I and I am I, I will also say that. I, I do not understand all the, the Zamir White hype. I, I don't get oh. it. Like, I, I really, really don't get it. Zamir White is the jaggiest of jags of jags out there. I And this is, I get he was a five-star prospect. I understand that. If you look at all of his collegiate production metrics, like his yards after contact per attempt, it was middle of the road. You look at uh, Graham Barfield's work and the yards that were blocked before uh, per attempt. Created, the Georgia... Yeah offensive line helped his ass out a ton Mm. last year he looks like a straight line grinder to me like that's all he is and the and the sad part is the raiders uh social media squad is like posting like oh look at this move that zamir white put on the guy in the open field he had to juke one dude out and he got tackled (laughs) there was no moves baby like what are we watching here so i i Mm-mm. I am not in at all on Zamir White, so that's that's, that's the one team that I'm taking. Yeah, I, I yeah. So well, if they do, if they do end up trading Josh Jacobs, then do you think would you then be in on Kenyon Drake or? Oh, I'm big on Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Very big on Kenyon Drake because he's free. Um, we have seen him be efficient last year. Top super twelve in yards per yeah. route run. Super efficient as a, as a, a receiver. He can play. He's really good in the passing game. He showed us that over multiple seasons in the NFL. And he's also shown us if they ask him to play in the early down grinder role, he showed he us that he it. can do that too. Yeah. So yeah, I, Drake is the guy I love and I don't have any problems going with Amir Abdullah either, like super late in drafts. If he's going to get the passing yeah. down snaps, if it's not Drake, um, those are the two guys I would happily take over Zamir White because Zamir White is... Zamir White looks like to me like the ugly Gus Edwards is an ugly brother is who I was <laughs> Oh no. Somebody hit him with the jag oh, tag in, in the chat. We've got the jag tag emoji. Somebody hit him with that as Deep Bro oh, said here. All right, we've gone the negative, Deep Bro. We gotta get a little positive in here. Which is a team that you're willing to toast here and really lift up as, as the winner outside of ours, of course, because you know. We, I mean, I mean, outside of your team or, yeah, or yeah, pretty uh, much or, yeah. or Johnny's teams, <laughs> yeah, um, which, which are both really sexy. Um, I would probably, oh, dear Lord. Yeah, I found a winner here um, outside go. of going with Robert Woods, which I cannot condone for anybody. Um, I like Albert's team. I really Albert. like that, team. that Albert. is a really, really yeah. nice team. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, has probably the best odds to be this year's Cooper Cup. Uh, you got two underrated volume monsters. If they stay healthy, Fournette and Connor have top five, top seven upside at the running back position. True. They're falling because they're older dudes, injuries, what have you. My whole thing, and and I want to I want to push back against some injury stuff here. If a starting running back gives you top twelve production, why do we give a shit that it's only thirteen games? 
Like that's most of the fantasy season. Right. So like people are like, well, Dalvin Cook has only played 13 games in each of his like th- two of the last three seasons. So that's basically <laughs> the entire fantasy season. Um, yeah. James Conner and Leonard Fournette only play 13, 14 games. Who cares? That's literally the entire running back position you're talking about. Yeah. So that entire narrative is shit. I, I, I do not subscribe to that. So I don't care. Um, so Lennon Fournette, James Conner, I love DJ Moore. I've always loved the talent. Marquise Brown, there is a path, a really, really damn easy path that he leads the NFL in deep receiving yards this year Mm. because Kyler Murray, I I do not think that people understand Kyler Murray is one of the best deep ball throwers in the entire NFL, his Mm -hmm. deep ball metrics and efficiency in that realm of the uh, field has been near the top. The, the chef's kiss, yeah. the toast Ooh. of the town for multiple seasons. So love the fit there. And yeah, man, I mean, you, th- this this uh, Al- Albert also got uh, some of my love list guys like uh, went with Drake London, went with Tony Pollard. Uh, one of my bold predictions on the Fantasy Pros show was that Tony Pollard ends up as an RB1 even with Zeke being healthy. Wow. I think that he Whoa. is. Whoa, I think Tony bold, Pollard is Austin Eckler of Big D. Wow. I think. Yeah. You know, I think he's. I think he's also. And so you're you're buying you're buying the move to the slot. You're buying the. We've yep. seen this, right? Like the at, we talked about Matt Kelly a little bit off air, but the consolation, the the law of conservation of targets, it usually goes mm-hmm. to the running back. We've seen that before. If it leaves the team, uh, as it and Dallas, man, they've got so many of them. So you're really in on Pollard, it, really building that role for himself this year. I love. I okay. So here's the thing. We we always talk about buying into good offenses. Hmm. I don't think that we lean enough into this at certain aspects of our draft or how we rank. So people could look at my rankings and say, oh, my Lord in heaven, how do you have Tony Pollard as a top 24 running back? Oh, my Lord in heaven. How do you have A.J. Dillon as a top 24 running back? We've seen over multiple seasons, different instances where really, really good offenses support multiple running backs, support multiple wide receivers. We see this every freaking year. And instead of jumping on landmines for running backs that are in the dead zone, or we're hoping that, oh, maybe they maintain their roles like a Josh Jacobs or a David Montgomery. Yeah. Why are we not diving into talented as shit players on really good offenses that have shown us elite efficiency? And and everybody that's out there talking about Tony Pollard and how talented he is still does not give enough credence to how damn good he is. And I'm going to throw two stats out there why I absolutely believe in him this year. One being that he is the only running back, only running back with 100 or more rushing attempts and 20 or more targets that finished top five, top five. Mm. And yards after contact per attempt and yards per route run. He is the only wow. running back that consider and wear that banner in the entire NFL. And those are not small sample sizes. Let's go. And Tony Pollard, and and this is a smaller sample size, but it still t- it speaks to elite efficiency. Out of all running backs, wide receivers, tight ends that garnered ten or more slot targets last year, Tony Pollard was also top 12 in yards per route run from the slot. So yes, I am massively buying into him being their slot wide receiver. I am massively buying into him gobbling up targets. Again, I'll throw it out there for anybody just now tuning in. Tony Pollard is the Austin Eckler of Dallas. And I I love him this year. 
Let's go. I love the Paul yeah, and hype. Cool. I hope, that, that's hope a good... that Jerry Jones will like it enough to get it involved as well. Oh, but I think Jerry. I don't need Jerry's approval. Kellen Moore, <laughs> yeah. I, that's the yes. man that I want well, to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, Scream, great. McCarthy. Pollard's going in. Yes, <laughs> do it, please, for the rest of us so we can be sane. But, D-Bro, this has been an absolute treat. We appreciated you coming on here, 12-team PPR mock draft with you. Go ahead and let the people know what you're working on, uh, what's coming up. I know it's a ton over there with Fantasy Pros, but where they can find you and what you're working on, man. Yeah, man, all the things and stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at D-Bro underscore FFB. I'm on the main pod for Fantasy Pros with my two guys. We usually weekly um, – and Joe Pisapia and Erickson. Um, love those guys to death. Uh, but yeah, tune into the pod. Um, all my work is at Fantasy Pros. I'm still going through my team series. So all 32 teams uh, looking at these are not team previews. I go through the nitty gritty of pace, personnel, all these different things. And really trying to give you the goods and things that I think are actionable and projecting those forward for this team for this year. So got those, uh, those are constantly like, I'm, I'm almost through the entire NFC going to jump over to the AFC. Um, and yeah, man, um, I'm going to be got some really good stuff in the works for fantasy pros for this upcoming season. Going to have a lot of content, uh, on a weekly basis for everybody out there, both, uh, for DFS and fantasy wise. And, also, I have to say this, man. If you are into uh, re- redraft drafts, if those are coming up, if you are doing in the best ball streets right now, mm. both of our draft kits are live on Fantasy Pros right now. And you can at me, you can slide up in my DMs, you can try to roast me on Twitter. Go check them out. If yeah. you can honestly tell me, if you go check those out, you scroll up and down there, and you can honestly tell me it is not one gigantic mountain crazy amount of content for both of those come at me please <laughs> shit talk me come at I, I, I welcome the smoke because yeah. i promise you they are both amazing and if you have not tuned into fantasy since last year these will get you ready for every single draft that you're going to be doing this year d bro gonna get you right get over to fantasy pros check it out guys it's it's well worth it and this has been well worth the wait we appreciate you again d bro so much this was a blast for johnny game time hicks i'm big travi for austin sear and donnie tubbs we're the fancy whispers man we're out of here peace Peace. right here hey do you like mock drafts we do too you can come back every monday and mock with us Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.